Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today, I am your weird Korean rom-com series on Netflix that okay. keeps showing up and they keep <laughs> trying to convince you that this is just the thing you want to watch during the quarantine. While you're alone. Sorry, in what way are you that weird? I want to know. Explain to me how. Don, Don, say more. Because I'm, I may not be the thing you want to turn on right away, but I'm that, I just, you can't turn me off once you start. That's oh. all I'm saying. It's like an oh, earworm. My. Like an earworm in your eye. I have oh. watched three Korean dramas over the past month. Well, uh, good luck, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I've i been delving into the last seasons of Stargate SG-1. And, you know, it's it's kind of different here in the last few seasons. And, and I'm liking it, but also feeling a sort of sadness and alienation. So, Is that the saying goodbye to quarantine sadness? <laughs> I hadn't thought about quarantine, but thanks for bringing it up. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> uh, I am Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub here in West Hollywood. And I am that uh, that sitcom that you've watched so many times. <laughs> and maybe uh, you're at the point where you're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is the, the point where you've seen the most episodes, like the most times. So it's just like a little... You're a little tired, but it's comforting. So you're just going to keep powering through. Is this is this Frasier? Hey, you're talking about Frasier, baby. That's my yes. <laughs> Frasier. We're I'm Frasier, I'm Frasier, almost Frasier. a fat Daphne episodes, which is uh oh a weird thing. It's a weird. It, that's when Fra- like there's a big dip at the last two seasons of Frasier for me. Yeah, and it's right around those like Daphne and Niles married years, just like Stargate. Exactly. Uh, You mean some show went off the rails when the will they or won't they was given up? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, My name is Michael. I'm a chaser. And today I am I am the short film that I was the assistant director for over the weekend. I I am living and breathing every word of that fucking script with whether or not that whether or not I like it. (laughs) It is uh, it's in my brain and it won't get out. But just in case your producers are listening, I know you do like it. You were, you were talking about how much you loved working on it. and The assistant director doesn't have to like it. He just has to make sure it gets made. <laughs> well, uh, let me sip some coffee. Hold on. While Michael downs his swill, welcome back to the Big Pet Gay Podcast. It's so nice of you to join us for a little while. Yes. <laughs> well, Guys, you know what goes, morning. You know what goes with a nice sip of coffee? Let's roll right into... Ooh, oh, that's right. Pop culture with uh, some some donut donuts. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I, <laughs> I cited the Washington Post article for everyone else, all the all the other hosts. But I was kind of watching this uh, drama spiral out of control on Twitter. It was last Monday morning. Wait, what? You were on Twitter and got lost in a drama? It was. How? Well, and when does this happen? We had, you know, we, our last episode was like, is fat phobia kind of getting better, maybe a little? <laughs> <laughs> and Monday, I'm, I'm taking wow. a little sip of my coffee and I see obesity and Krispy Kreme trending on Twitter. And I'm like, that's not. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. That's not going to end well. Spit take. Um, so and why were they trending on Twitter? Krispy Kreme has promised free donuts every day for the next year. Well, she said one free donut. One free donut. Yes, one free donut every day this for the coming year. 
if you can come in with a, uh, a, a vaccination record card. Yes. I, I will also say, even if you don't, if you choose not to get vaccinated, I think it's there's a couple months where you're like, you can still get a free donut. <laughs> What's what? Oh. What? What? Well, that's their that, that's their no, normal modus operandi. They want you to wander in every once in a while and remind yourself how <laughs> crack like and crystal meth coated <laughs> their donuts are. So there is a Krispy Kreme in Burbank to which we will all be going as soon as we're vaccinated. <laughs> you guys are ready. Uh, and of course, this set off a Twitter storm amid doctors, dietitians, and other fat phobes of like, how dare Krispy Kreme uh, sabotage the health of an entire nation? God's sakes. It, <laughs> there's a company that's just trying to encourage people to do the right thing, and they're giving you goddamn free donuts. Well, they're it, giving you, really you donuts, see- and you're complaining. They're death nuts, Don. <laughs> Dear God. Get with the program. Shut up, people. Let people have something nice. What the hell's wrong with you? Why? Um, Why? The uh, So one of the uh, writers from Bob's Burgers and the one of the co-creators of the new show, The Great North, uh, Wendy Molly. I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Wendy Molly No. Um, Molly, 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 Molly No. Molly No. Wendy Molyneux was basically tweeting about fat phobia and like, you know, in like five or 10 years, we're going to be talking about this completely differently and people are going to feel stupid for having such horrible takes and oppressing fat people. That didn't go well for her. Oh my God. Um, And she she ended up locking her Twitter account because she was just getting barraged because there was this piranha like feeding frenzy of people <laughs> pouncing on anything about, I don't know, uh, donuts or fat people. Um, I don't think it helped that the this promotion release coincided with there was a, a study that came out about kind of the number of people that gained weight during the pandemic, uh, which millennials were the mm-hmm. highest category and had the highest percentage. Like they millennials gained the most weight during the pandemic. Course, um, who studied this and why? Yes. Yeah, who cares? Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I feel like we don't need to tell most listeners that, like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I get, I Twitter's a trash place. Is this a shock? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is this really shows off diet culture at its best. Now, there's a lot of ways to describe or define diet culture, but if you look at like the real, the angry tweets from the quote unquote prof- medical professionals like dietitians and doctors, they talk about how this promotes eating having a treat as if you're entitled to it, having a treat anytime you want. And it, it just really reinforces that idea that the, the idea that pleasure is something to be guarded against and regulated because it will lead to sin. And the sin of course is obesity. And it, it's, it's really inculcated in there. It reminds me of my, when my father would get, get mad at his second wife and he would say things like, Oh, she just does whatever she wants. <laughs> and I, I had to think through like and that's a problem why and, and it's just it's this idea that somehow unregulated pleasure will just lead to the downfall of civilization and it's it's yeah. such a ingrained moralistic tenet it has nothing to do with health of course because it's not true that just because you can have a Krispy Kreme donut every day for free you of course will do that I mean and you will you will obligate yourself to make sure you do it every single day and you like yeah oh I'm like gonna a, drive like a, 25 like diet, minutes like freaking to freaking diet. Burbank every day for a donut <laughs> for the next year <laughs> yeah. I mean that's diet thinking that you have to do it out of obligation every day right mm-hmm. yeah so l- let me throw out another just sort of a, a mental life raft to people over the next year when we're g- 
I, my prediction is we're going to hear a lot more of this, right? Mm-hmm. Just people bashing on fat people being fat. It's going to get ugly because right now everyone's gained a little weight. And I find that the fat phobic tend to be a little bit more abusive when they're focusing on themselves um, and feeling a little down on their own bodies. So, you know what? A lot of the bitching we're going to get over the next year is not about you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. I'm working on mind. an essay about this. <laughs> Moving forward, I'm seeing an entry here that I did not look up. Um, I Well, I, I did look up, but I don't know what it's about. Arlo the Alligator Boy. Yes. So, I know. Here at Pop Culture Segment, we, <laughs> we give it and we take it away, but... So we take it away your donut. We slapped it out of your hand. But now you get to watch a delightful new show um, that's going to be on Netflix called Arlo the Alligator Boy about a half alligator, half boy going to the big city to find his father and meeting a whole bunch of uh, you know, strange characters along the way, including a, uh, a f- I mean, I'm trying to think of that. No, no, a, a fat lady. <laughs> Voiced by uh, the, the, uh, the the wonderful uh, musician singer Mary Lambert. Uh, Mary Lambert plays a fat woman that he meets along the way, named Birdie. Is this animated? I'm yes, it's animated. Sorry, it's, uh, yes, animated. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What is this show? Like how is it for? Is it a kids show or is it like kind of like Avatar where everyone can enjoy it? Or what's um, the... I would say it's a a kids show, but kind of like. I know in the Cartoon Network vein of like Steven Universe and um, regular show, Dan has Dan kind of knows of Steven Universe. Oh, sure. Um, where I, it's only because it's talked about constantly uh, <laughs> targeted towards kids, but enjoyable by all. Um, and there is a wonderful song, which we'll, we'll drop in a little clip here for our listeners. Michael, we don't make money off this podcast. We can do what we want. I yeah. so many podcasts. We'll I know are just whatever like, we want. Yeah. You to. <laughs> It feels like home So waves could follow me everywhere I go I can't move with it One thing I know Is that I am meant to be Mary Mary Lambert had this to say. When I was a kid, I never saw any positive representation in animation or otherwise of fat people. Even Ursula, my hero, is considered a villain, scared the crap out of me when I was little. Being the voice of Bertie, a super strong, sensitive, kind, and lover of tomato sandwiches, same, is so healing for me. I hope kids everywhere know that their bodies are good and powerful and worthy. And I hope Bertie will plant a little seed in the slice of the world that being fat is totally, absolutely okay. Yay. No, it looks very sweet. It's available starting uh, April 16th. So, uh, you know, next week, Thunder Force comes out. And the following week, then, you can watch Thunder Force. Arlo the Alligator Boy. Well, cool. Uh, moving right along to... It's Fat Watch. 2021. It is. It is. Um, so, I don't know. This, this Fat Watch is a little 
different because I'm normally like highlighting fat positivity on social media, but this is from uh, Jezebel's uh, column, Ask a Fuck Up. And so it it's is. Fat watch. Um, it's Fat Watch Out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is the, the person, the, the title. So Ask a Fuck Up is kind of like Dear Abby, but you know, millennial Dear Abby. <laughs> and the column is Dear Fuck Up, how do I make my husband love my fat sister? Hmm. Yeah. So the letter is basically a woman who is, uh, she's thin and she's married to a thin and uh, ostensibly fit husband who hates the woman's sister because the woman's sister is fat and is even prideful in her fatness because she sees it as evidence of having made peace with her previous eating disorder. And they, wow. uh, they've, they've had friction in the past, uh, the, hu- the husband and the sister and his sister-in-law. But what's really in the crosshairs right now is the couple is trying to write a will and trying to decide where their daughter would go should they both meet their demise in an accident. And the wife would like to have her sister take care of the daughter. And the husband is fiercely against this. So they have not created a will because they can't get past the stumbling block. And the wife believes that it's because the husband thinks that the uh, if, if the daughter was raised by this fat outlaw that it would make the daughter fat and ruin her life and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she doesn't actually, the husband hasn't come out and say this, but it's sort of the tacit assumption behind the whole piece. And I thought the advice was really great, which is one, uh, this isn't the, your husband having a misunderstanding or a difference of opinion. This is much bigger than that because there's just, the husband apparently subscribes to the calories in calories out nonsense, which is demonstrably untrue. It, in uh, so many ways, uh, but he subscribes to this. And so, you know, she just, she should just stop being fat and irresponsible. And this isn't a matter of opinion, says the responder, says, says, uh, ask a fuck up. She says, this is an actual much, something much more deep seated. And what I really love is she said, the bigger problem here is that this is affecting everybody's relationship. And especially what's it going to be like for your daughter growing up with this sort of attitude from her father. Mm-hmm. You know, when is she going to go on her first diet? When is she going to get her first eating mm-hmm. disorder? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, that's really the place to put this. We need to oh, coin man. a phrase called like, it's going to be the thin version of toxic masculinity. Toxic thinness. Yeah, uh, maybe strident thinness. Toxic's not bad though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the need to go out and attack someone else. I I, I no. saw this on Twitter. It was sort of a, you Being know, how people, po- you know, how people post these quotes. And it said that a lot of fat phobia comes from, I work really hard to have my body look like this and I'm still mm-hmm. unhappy with it. How dare you be happy with your body and you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that basically that exact sentiment from so many actors. It is not even funny. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's probably the number one like there's a lot of biases against actors out out in this town but that's like the number one that bias that i have found to actually be true that's yeah totally observational like why do actors always feel the need to complain to me about how fat they've gotten during covid well because mm. it's <laughs> their it's their living and it's how they're judged it is literally the it is the the financial water they swim in there are people in hollywood whose job it is to be beautiful. That's how they earn their living. Or yes, at least they can go complain to someone else about this. Yes, like, I, I don't <laughs> mean that, that, that's certainly you know? true. I, I just, what I'm saying is not to excuse them, but just to see like how bigger, how much bigger the problem is and how much, uh, I, I don't want to say worse, but how much in this in their face. Like they will lose a job 
and oh, they yeah. and lots of people lose jobs because they're you know the wrong shape or the wrong size but actors experience that every four to six weeks because that's how often they job hunt someone i know was directing a movie and they, they had a shirtless scene with this guy and they're shooting it he looks great but like we can't get they can't get all the footage it's like well, I'll tell you what, we, we couldn't get everything we needed here. Can we circle back in two weeks for reshoots? And the actor was like, no, yeah. just no, because I, I can't stay I like in this, this yeah. form. Yeah. 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 I can't stay in this shape for, for two today. weeks. <laughs> well, and, you know, you've seen those TikTok videos where men are sort of outing themselves, or at least I have men are sort of outing themselves for having gained weight during the pandemic. And they'll show a picture of themselves all ripped and cut in the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020. And then they'll show a picture of themselves now. And they're like, oh, my God, you've you've lost six of your eight abs and, mm -hmm. you know, you've put on <laughs> 10 pounds. And I see it and, as humble bragging. Yeah, yeah a little <laughs> yeah. bit, a little bit. But the, the point is, though, that it's it's really insane that people People see this as like, oh, they let themselves go. They got no. They got off drugs. They stopped starving themselves. Mm -hmm. That was their. They, they fell off. They fell off the amphetamine wagon. You know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, the this the the solution, the solution to this problem is, uh. I don't know the solution to this problem. Uh, I mean, my, don't be a trash person. Know, my solution was if your husband is fat phobic to the point where he doesn't want your sister to raise your child if you both die, that's, that's a, a deal, deal breaker, breaker ladies. <laughs> <laughs> which brings Yay. us to our main topic, which Yay. Uh, when Dan was telling me about it, I, I loved it because I knew... Michael's face was going to light up when Dan mentioned it. <laughs> I had the concept of deal breaker having no idea that it's a dominant theme in the 30 Rock television series, which Michael is, of course, a slave to. <laughs> yes. Such, I'm total slave. They can tell me to do whatever they want me to. <laughs> um, so tell us a bit more about this deal breakers idea. What well, is a deal breaker? So the idea was this, um, you know, in dating, in relationships, in marriages, there is this concept that like if so-and-so did X, that would be a deal breaker. I'd be out. You know, for some people, uh, a common one is infidelity. You know, you cheat on me. That's it. It's a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And at, at some point. And I was just thinking about what would it what is for our listeners and for us in particular, what are our deal breakers? What are th red flags for us? And in some cases, what are th things that used to be deal breakers that you found? You know, that's not really a deal breaker. So, so Trevor and Dan, you're still together. <laughs> um, I'm curious, like <laughs> the, I like, let's start with the positive side. Let's start with, well, first of all, I want to set us up properly. I want to play a clip from this episode in 30 Rock. Of course you do. If your boyfriend calls out his brother's name during sex, that's a deal breaker, ladies. That's. It was crazy. That actually happened to Liz. Vontella don't care who Liz is. Jenna, we have a surprise for you. I swear to God, Courtney, I will rip your wig off. No, honey, Courtney's dead. You are going to answer our audience's relationship questions. Yes! My fiance and I keep arguing about our wedding plans. And nope, your fiance is gay. Look at him. Look at you. Classic case of fruit blindness. Fruit blindness. Sir, have you ever kissed a gentleman? Uh one time in college. Yeah. 
and a lot since then. My boyfriend has been acting really weird ever since he got promoted at his job. Yeah, he thinks he deserves a VJJ upgrade. He doesn't. He's not Tom Brady. Shut it down. Deal breaker. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we're back. Um, <laughs> so what is an example of a deal breaker or something you thought would have been a deal breaker but turned out not to be? Oh, that's called my relationship with Trevor. <laughs> 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 no, seriously. Um I feel like I tell this story all the time because I also use it when I talk talk in seminars. I, I kind of want to hear Trevor's perspective because mm. I rarely hear his. <laughs> or do you want me to go anyway, Trevor? I mean, you can go anyway, and I'll and I'll respond. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Steel <so>, breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there was a point when I got out of a relationship. This is the one before. This was six years before I really. Uh, uh, got involved with Trevor. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you think, okay, I've been in a lot of relationships now. I've been in some, uh, my shortest relationship was three years. So I've been in long-term relationships and I have learned a thing or two. I know what I need. I know what I want. And you start setting up these, if not on paper in your head, these lists of things you want. And if you notice a lot of what you put on your list is a lot of the stuff that you like about yourself. So, for example, or the things that you wish you were like, you're not this, but I wish I were. So, you know, I got to get a guy who will do that for me. And so an example of that, for example, is I was never very I'm I'm an extrovert, but I'm not really socially I'm a, I'm a big dork. So I, it's not that I'm not socially adept, but I'm not the guy who will I'm not the guy, I'm not going to call up my friends to chat. I'm not going to say, hey, we should throw a party. Why don't you all come over? Like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. That's always been other people in my life, whether it was a boyfriend or a, a best friend in high school. So I was never the nexus of that sort of gathering. And so I thought it was really important. And Trevor does absolutely fulfill that. But what's weird is everybody thinks I'm the big extrovert and I'm the big, you know, glad handy guy. And I guess in a way I am, but it's something that is important to me because I know I can't do it. And Trevor is the most unlikely person, but does it masterfully as evidenced by several of my birthdays. Yay. Aww. Yes. Yay. Inclu including the one I had yesterday. Yay. Trevor comes up with, well, it was a deal breaker for me to have to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess one of the, so a deal breaker for me was I need someone who can communicate passionately and excessively, you know, like I do. And I found that one of the biggest things in the beginning of our relationship is Trevor is absolutely not that guy. You know, Trevor is very nope. writerly. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor has a great comeback for everything you say a day or two later mm -hmm. <laughs> in text form, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's characteristically writerish. Um, Trevor, you go. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of talking. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it was kind of like my thing was I remember having conversations with my friends like about Dan and like, oh, you know, like X, Y, Z, like the, it's not going to work. Like I, we don't want to like, you know, I really like him, you know, we have fun in bed, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't think there's, we're really going to be a relationship. Like I don't, I don't see a relationship there. I don't see it going that way. I, I would highlight the fact that both Trevor and I were fiercely committed to us not being a couple for so many really good reasons. All the reasons that you shouldn't be a couple on paper, like the age difference, the experience difference, uh, the power dynamic difference, the you know the asymmetry of power mm -hmm. in the relationship. Uh, we we had opposite traits. We don't have a lot in common, uh, like like topics, things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, uh, but everybody 
around us was like, so you guys going to get married? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, no, what are you talking about? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it just became clearer and clearer that we were the last, we were the last holdouts for us getting together. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to Trevor, I don't know if you remember this, but I, there was this, like the talk yeah. and I said, um, okay, so I know by all rights, this relationship will be, it will probably crash and burn. At least one of us will be horribly scarred and emotionally, emotionally maimed. And I will regret it for the rest of my life if we don't try. Mm -hmm. Oh, so basically what you're saying is you guys are the standard rom-com couple. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> did they write them about us? It's, um, it Hello, was, Hollywood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, I think so whenever people are like, oh, well, I could never tolerate X, Y or Z. I'm like, you know, I used to think that and, and I don't tolerate it. It's just like, oh, I guess that's not as important as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. hmm. I mean, I, th I think generally like when I was thinking about deal breakers after, you know, we had our little call about this episode. I feel like mine are extremely petty and i think most people's are because it is just something where you i think the i don't know general like what embodies a deal breaker is if in your head when you witness it you're just kind of like ew <laughs> <laughs> i have i have my my probably easiest one to identify for that is um uh mistreating wait staff oh god mm. yeah Oh God, um, yeah. Oh, seriously. And, and or not tipping well. Yep. Uh, that it, because it's indicative. I think in the moment it's extremely embarrassing, and but it's also indicative of kind of a a cruel nature mm -hmm. that people I think hide very well until they think they don't have to. Um, and that for me, like if I get a whiff of that, I'm just. It, done. It's interesting yeah, it's, that you. It's, a deal breaker. it's interesting that you say that it's. It's not just that it's ungenerous or, um, and the word in Spanish is cutre, um, mean. Like the <laughs> in, English in, in 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 like British English, they would say it's it's, it's a very mean existence, or it's it's very mean in the sense of of, uh, of tawdry. Mm -hmm. You, but you said cruel, which I'd love to know more about. Um, because so there's having worked in uh the the restaurant service industry, um. There is a type of person that's a lot more common than you might believe that doesn't just go to a restaurant to have a nice meal or to go out or to go on a date or just to have a different experience. They go to a restaurant in order to feel like they have power over somebody. Mm. They like to tell somebody what to do. And a lot of times that person doesn't have that, I would think, doesn't have that in the rest of their life as much as they want. And so they go specifically so that they can tell the waiter what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. And so they, it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. They're there to be able to tell the waiter what to do. It's sort of the polar opposite of like the power businessman who controls everyone and then goes to a dominatrix at night so he can be pushed around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the one who gets pushed around all day and then goes somewhere to hire a dominatrix to push her around while she brings her bring him a sandwich. Yeah, but it's interesting, you know? Michael. Is now that you say that, it's like, oh my god, that that explains the behavior of several people I can think of right now. Yeah, oh, it yeah, totally 100%. does. Yeah, there's it, and even if it doesn't indicate, I'm sorry, it doesn't. Even if it doesn't indicate uh, cruelty, it does indicate a lack of empathy, which for me oh, is certainly. a huge turnoff. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the the example I think of of like this person in my life who like I'm not going to say who it is, but they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, 
it's uh like thankfully i don't dine with them often but the times i do i'm like just so horrified because like i have witnessed the most abhorrent <laughs> i don't know behavior of like someone in a restaurant that's like <laughs> like shaking a glass of ice because like Ooh, raising to their oh. like not let's, looking let's I think I know this. Snapping at a waiter as they go by. Yep, she does that. Yes. Too. Snap, snap. <laughs> and then like on. getting mad because like they didn't. They were doing a weird diet at the time, and like they wanted to order the salad and add protein, but they didn't have it. It's like, well, I guess I'll have to have the cheese. Let's call her Brenda. Closing the menu. What else is wrong with Brenda? I want to know. It's just and it's just like this thing of like I don't know. It's just like I, I am just mortified every time. I, I dine. With I them. have another deal breaker. Um, and this, this comes to us courtesy of our, uh, uh, one of our top listeners and, and personal friend of the podcast, Karen, who has told me about, I guess I don't want to embarrass anybody in her life, but somebody that she knows whose favorite thing to do is to tell her what she should do. Um, whether or not she thinks it's the right thing to do. It's that like, yeah. has, I know better than you. She has a man you. in her life. Is that what you're saying? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's not. No, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not her boyfriend. It's, it's somebody. It's just, it's the idea of somebody not respecting you enough to believe that you know what you're doing. Well, That's a really common complaint in male-female relationships. It, it is. Uh, and less so in gay relationships, but it does happen. Yeah. It's, but I, I don't think of that as, like that's trainable. And a lot of men, including myself, because I'm very prone to that, a lot of men have trained themselves to, you know, do you want, should I listen or do you want a solution? Yeah. And mm -hmm. well, because it's because when men are talking about that sort of thing, we want to hear the solution. Yeah. That's kind of why we're talking. You know? If we didn't yeah, want to hear a solution, we would just keep it ourselves and, you know, eat our feelings. Yeah. It's sort of a hardwiring <laughs> thing, you know. I don't know. I am. I'm of two minds. Trevor, I was going to say. Because I am. There's times where. I want input, but then there's time, you know, once again, Jim, uh, like, I was <laughs> watching Trevor's face during that conversation. He was like, oh, there's times know, where I, I do want advice, but then there's times where I just need to like, vent. I don't know, let it out. Yeah. 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 I'm the same. Um, yeah, I'm the same. And I know like, <laughs> say it. Dan is very good, <laughs> but there's times where I'm like, I like, I just need you to listen. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, Dan and, and jumps into problem solving mode. Yes, you do. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> totally fair, though. Like, as being as someone who is the solution, I'm like Dan too. Mm, yeah. I have a tendency to try and foist my solutions on you. I'm going to, unless you tell me that's not what you want. If you do, if you don't want that, I will I will be the person you want me to be. But you got to give me an indicator. Mm -hmm. You know, something I've also learned to do is. I've if I assuming my opinion's been welcomed and they keep talking about it and I'm only going to say the same thing again. Yeah. Which usually mm -hmm. indicates I haven't gotten it. Like if someone if you present a solution and people keep talking about it, it means that they weren't looking for that. Like you, you've missed you haven't satisfied what they were looking for and you don't need to just say the solution again. Mm -hmm. So something I've I've come up with is like, yeah, is just to, to shut up and listen or to say, you know, you know what I'm going to say anyway. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so imagine I just said that. <laughs> That's actually a good response because sometimes people don't actually realize that they're repeating themselves. They think mm -hmm. they're making a different statement and they have no idea. Right. I think there's so if empathy is something that allows you to feel what somebody else is feeling, even though you didn't have the same experience, then expressing something that you're going through to a friend because you're upset about it is 
essentially asking them to help you bear the burden of your pain, whatever it may be. And if what they're doing is essentially bypassing that step in order to try and solve the problem, the problem isn't that they're dealing with the problem. The problem is that they're fe- they feel bad and they're trying to feel less bad. Yeah. And so that's, I think, quite hard to articulate in the moment when you don't really know what you need. You just know that you need to talk. And your friend is like, oh, I'll solve that problem for you. I know how to. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how you can fix that, but that's not actually the problem. Yeah. That's not why they're expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Don, I want to know some of your deal breakers. What's a, <laughs> what's a. The one that's been on my brain lately is, and I know this one should be just so blatantly obvious to people, but I, I think it's worth saying aloud. Big dick. Sexual <laughs> selfishness. Oh, right. that is so common in our, in our community, particularly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm done with it. Yeah. Like, good. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I've been tolerant in the past because damn it, they were pretty, but I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. it's when, when I am in bed with someone, right. I want to make sure you are going to have a great time. Right. And I, I have the trust that you're thinking the same thing about me. And mm. I'm finding that that's an assumption I should not be making anymore. Mm. Um, there is no clearer indicator to me that uh, you are you are if you're sexually selfish, you're probably selfish in other areas, too. So and e- mm. even if it's not selfishness, even if we can chalk it up to pure cluelessness. Um, so what? <laughs> it's, yeah. the, it's the same result. Right. The same result. <laughs> it's functionally the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're not thinking about me when we're having sex together, then you're not thinking about me ever. I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that. You know? Yeah. If, if that if in the most intimate settings, my needs don't come up, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one se- okay, one that I thought was a deal breaker, but has turned out not to be the case, is religiosity. Interesting. Same. Um, politics too like mm. i if you if you wore a red hat over the na- the oh. past four years i don't think i don't think i can find a way past that deal breaker you yeah know? okay no, i was no, gonna no, say no, that's a deal breaker yeah, yeah that's I, a deal breaker lady i don't think i can find a way past that but with a religious thing i've i've mellowed well it's similar I, yeah. it's similar to michael's thing where not tipping being a token for a larger uh world view yeah. And I think mm-hmm. you're saying the same thing about a MAGA hat is a token for a worldview that you yeah. you just don't want to hang with. I could date a Republican if they mm. were a sensible Republican. Yeah, I get like, that. Yeah. I absolutely could. I have no problems with actual with like a genuine conservative who believes in what they're saying and is educated about it. But the knee jerk reactionary type, I just can't. You know, I'm so I'm curious, Don, just because we kind of touched on the barely touched on this earlier. Would you date a, so, okay, I guess two things, guy who's in the closet in general, and then also a closet chubby chaser. Mm. Two different things. Ooh. Uh, closet chubby chaser. I, I think I still would be willing to at this point um, because, you know, life's a journey. You know, if, if they're out of the closet and they've accepted the gay thing, then their, their feet are on various roads and they mm. may not have reached the end yet. I may not be able to stay with them forever if they stay in the same place, but yeah. I'm willing to try, you know? I mean, I, I wouldn't, in when I talk about this in seminars, I don't talk about it in terms of deal breaker, but I, it's just an axiom and it is axiomatically true that you cannot have a relationship with someone who wants the relationship in the closet. You can date, you can have sex. And by, mm-hmm. if by dating, you mean r- rendezvous, 
but it's not going to be the relationship you see in the wider world because it's actually not possible until that hurdle is, is gotten over. Well, maybe I misunderstood because I think we're qualifying it in different ways. I'm still seeing it as like the relationship exists and is public, right? But he is not saying that he loves my body the way it is. He is not advocating for, uh, you know, for the nature of our relationship as fat and thin. Sure. That's, that's a That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a little I'm different. saying if yeah. he's not willing yeah. to admit we're seeing each other, then it's not a relationship and there's mm-hmm. nothing to discuss. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we're talking about two different things. Oh, okay. Got it. You know, um, mm. that's why I'm saying like, if that's what it would be if I was dating someone who was actually in the closet about being gay. That I don't think I, I can... I can have fun with them, but what, I can't date them. But would you, you date know? someone who was, yeah, you're really hot, but if we meet each other in public, I, I, I don't want, like, I don't want to be seen on a romantic date with you because of your size. No, I've done that before. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, like, I've done it before. I can't do it again. And that's what you I know? mean by in the closet. I mean, whether or mm-hmm. not someone identifies as a chaser, you know, eh, that's, that's, eh, that's a whole other basket. Well, in that case, like the, the coming out of the closet thing, whether it's gay or as a chaser, it's synonymous. It doesn't matter then. There's no difference between the two. Like, it just means we're not going to be together in public seen as a connect as a connected couple. Yeah. If you've come out as gay, but not as a chaser, we can still have a relationship. You're just simply not uh, appreciating my body to others. You know, you are not uh, you are not pointing out the, the thing that other people think you're overlooking is the thing that you you that you are attracted to, you know? But aren't aren't you really saying that it's not a deal breaker because you live with the hope that they will get there someday? Yes, that is but that is true, yes. Um which means I but I'm not pretending that any relationship I jump into is going to be a forever thing. Mm, you know, I I hope yeah. it is, but mm-hmm. uh I yeah. I think that's the best way I can put it. I have a question then, because we haven't really talked about this, and now it's really making me think. Mm -hmm. To be an out (laughs) chaser. Yeah, and what does that mean? So so what does that mean? And yeah, and so I was thinking about it as Don was talking. I was like, so, you know, okay, are you out if you are openly dating your fat boyfriend with whoever is in your life and meets them and whatever, and you're just, you're a couple, or do you have to actively tell people, I like him because of his body. This is what I find attractive about him. Okay. So um, in most in most times when I've hung out with a couple, right, and one of them leaves the room, uh, you know, if I've known them for a while, one of them, they're probably going to turn and go like, she's so cute. Mm. You know? Or like, oh God, she's I, I, just, I still just think she's so beautiful, right? That sort of off the cuff comment tells me everything I need to know. Right. If they never make that comment about me, right, physically, it means that they, they're, you know, to their friends, it doesn't have to be in front of me. Uh, that, that indicates something. It indicates that they don't like my body, that they're with me for other reasons. Right. If they can share with their friends, you know, like just on those off the cuff moments of like, you know, I, I hate to see him leave, but I love watching him walk out of the room. Mm hmm. That says something supportive. That says something that a closeted. Do people chaser, say that to you? Yeah, all the time. You know, not not to not about me, but like <laughs> about their partners. You know, no, but that's what I mean. Like other couples that you know say oh, that sure, to all you the time. about their other person. Yeah, yeah. just just admir- admiring their partner to me and sharing that moment. Yeah, I've done know? that. I've done that. 
when Trevor Absolutely. was Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, think Dan has done it about Trevor as Trevor's left the room. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, and when he enters the room. <laughs> there yeah. he is. He's back. That's, I'm not requiring that you walk Trevor's around. Trevor's got multiple sides to yeah. <laughs> Back It's not just his backside. <laughs> I'm not requiring that someone walk around with a fat pride flag, you know, and, and wave it every time I leave the house while blowing bugles. <laughs> it's just that it's the quiet, that quiet moment of admiration you know, that you tell your friends, I am proud of the person I'm with. Yeah. However, that comes across. And I, I totally agree with you there that it's important on so many levels that, look, there are people who aren't chubby chasers. They just don't see a fat person having a deal breaker body. Like they're not into the fat, but it's mm-hmm. not a problem. And they just they just look at it as a characteristic like they have a, they have a particular nose. They have a particular kind of hair and they have a particular body shape. And it's it really is no more than that to them. And they that's kind of as much as it is. There is, however, a significant stigma keeping people from admitting that they prefer a fat partner. And mm. so you get a lot of people who say, oh, I like all types when what they mean is like, well, you know, I'm bisexual because once in high school I dated a girl. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's there's that. So but I think you're right. The Being a chaser as a matter of identity or politics or policy is not what's important in the relationship. It's that you feel valued for the physical side of that relationship and not in a sort of private or covetous or, or a. Not in a, not in a yeah. clandestine way. Like, you know, I like his body, but I'm not going to say that, you know? Yeah. I mean, if he feels he needs to hide me when his friends come over, obviously this is not going to work. Or or even just know? hide his reactions. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are times I look at Trevor and I'm just like, oh my God, he's so beautiful. Oh. Yeah. I'm, and, you know, and I do that publicly, <laughs> privately. It doesn't really matter to me because I'm that guy. But, you know, for someone to, if someone is inhibiting, and, you know, how do you know if someone's inhibiting themselves? Well, I guess because they treat you differently publicly than privately. That can be about public displays of affection, PDAs. Like some people are just not comfortable with PDAs. Uh, other people go too far with PDAs and they have no distinction between the bedroom and the street corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think people know what I'm saying. It's like, is is the stumbling block because the partner's fat or is the stumbling block uh, physical intimacy? I mean, so that during all of that, like I have formed in my head, there's someone that I thought of that I feel like kind of encapsulates I don't know, several of these issues. And he's a chaser. Brenda? No. <laughs> it's a chaser. Um, he's a chaser. He only recently came out and he works in like, I don't know, health product industry, <laughs> kind of like the diet industry. And I know it, it cause what made me think of it was almost the thing with Don saying he date a Republican. Like, would you date someone that is basically in an industry that is working against what you represent. Well, that's, and that's, that looks down on you and dehumanizes you. Yeah, because yes. it's one thing to date someone that works in an industry you disagree with. You're a vegetarian and your boyfriend works in, you know, in the meat industry. Meat packer, yeah, mm-hmm. or, so to speak. Or your boyfriend works for Philip Morris, you know. Uh, mm. So, and, and there, or your, pub, your boyfriend works for the Republican Party. Uh, there's a lot of things you can disagree with, but then there's the personal level of, you know, your boyfriend, you're fat and your boyfriend works for Weight Watchers. You're fat and your boyfriend works for uh, Slim Tea or, you know, the, the diet tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is that different? Is it just more personal? Um, are you required? Are you required <laughs> to dislike it more? <laughs> I think it depends on how much he's internalized something. 
Mm-hmm. No, and also his position in the company. If he's a delivery guy or just a salesperson, mm-hmm. like he's a Joe Schmo trying to earn a living. If he founded the company and mm-hmm. he's uh, selling the product mm-hmm. by by bashing on fat people every day and then trying to come back home to me, that may be a little different. Well, if they'd internalized know? it, I doubt they'd be dating a fat person in the first place or they'd be dating them with the, again, the hope I'll change you perspective of like, yeah. well, they're fat now, but they won't be when we're married. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Or like, would you would you go out on a date with a bariatric surgeon? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they make a good living. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. You know? <laughs> what I've tried to look at because I do a lot of relationship counseling is there are certain things that are that are things you think you want, think you need, things you do need and do want, and the problem is that. Not only is that very difficult to distinguish, but it changes, which makes it even worse. Like you can't tell if it's real or not, and you can't tell if it's constant, and it won't be constant even if it is. Uh, There are things that are true of my relationship with Trevor that I cherish that I would have absolutely been incapable of 10 years ago. Uh, And one of those is the difference in our communication styles. I simply Mm -hmm. would not have been capable of incorporating and valuing Trevor's communication style because it's so different from mine. I wouldn't have been able to do that 10 years ago. And in doing so, in, in, in adapting and valuing it and learning and learning that I'm not just accepting it because the poor boy can't do any better. That's, that's shit. But like, no, there's something that gives him that my style doesn't. Trevor's communication style is his face exhibiting a series of emojis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, or, but it's very physical. It's true. His, not to talk about you like you're the dog at the other end of the room, but you know, Trevor, you communicate very, I would say very physically. It's not verbal. It's yeah. like one of the first things that like, okay, the, here's, here's a really great example. In the very beginning of our relationship, I would say, I love you. And I wouldn't really hear it back. I would get a nod, I would get an enthusiastic nod. And I think it really hit me when he just leaned over and put his head on my shoulder. Hmm. And that was, I love you too. But it took me a long time to hear it that way because I was expecting everything to get repeated back in my style. And, you know, he failed miserably at that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and to circle back to what you're asking before about dating a closeted chaser. Yeah, I mean, because that's the example. You're the example of how people change and grow and turn in, you know, and develop. Absolutely, no, absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. All I, the only thing I would tell people about dating, you can get in a lot of trouble for falling in love with someone's potential, dating someone's yes. potential, because it's not. And quite frankly, it's not that it's it's not that you're settling. It's not that you're making castles in the sky, but it's actually not fair to them. Because you're not in love with where they are and who they are now. You are, you are putting some sort of template over them of where they could be and that that's valuable to you. But where they are, yeah, well, you'll wait till they get there. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I don't know. I think you can love a person and not love everything about them. Absolutely. But if, you know, so but if you're waiting for something to happen. Very, that's a certain assumption. But there. if you're waiting for something well, to happen. But if it's a deal breaker that they don't change. Exactly. That's different. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend entering into a relationship where. Well, I mean, I, 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 that's not true. I think Don's point is well taken that you can't enter a relationship only on the condition that you will be married forever. 
Yeah. <laughs> like right. that's absolutely that's my thing. That's like, absolutely I can't true. I can't imagine saying no to somebody that you've loved in every ever respect except this one. Yeah. You I know? guess what I would it's, say is you need to Do have- you do you are you willing to move into the house that requires some work on the front porch or are you only going to pay for, get, you know pay the extra million for the house that is completely perfect when you move in? Right. And you know? to that to that extent it some people will buy that fixer upper with the intending of intention of fixing it up and then mm-hmm. they find something structurally wrong and you got to decide what you're going to do then. Yes. Like, like you, you can't stay there. And I guess all I'm saying, and, and I think at the root of it, Don, you and I agree, it's not that you should or shouldn't get into this relationship. It's that you need to go in with the self-awareness that you have a particular expectation mm-hmm. and that you either need to change that expectation or or just know that you have it and you're holding the other person accountable for it with no, uh, and if you're at that point, you should damn well be talking to that person about what's on your mind and what you're thinking. That's not a bad thing. Cause then it's not on, it's not on them to change. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this so many times when people break up and they go like, I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't this, I'm like, yeah, but you knew that on the third date, you know, Mm -hmm. and here you are in Hmm. year five of the marriage. (laughs) I, I, I have a solution for all of this. Do you? There's a very, very easy solution for all of this. <laughs> Sexual walkabout. Oh, if you are yeah. dating somebody, <laughs> if, you, if you're dating somebody and you just need to know for sure, take a take a, a six month sexual walkabout and screw everything that walks and, and get it all out of your system. And if you come back and this right here is the only thing that really ever made you happy, then it was meant to be. We were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I have to say that's part of what works. This is a tangential topic that we've talked about is non-monogamy. I mean, Trevor and I, as as everybody knows, given our past episode, that we Mm. are non-monogamous. But I don't know if I said this on the episode, but one of the things that's so great is I go off and I have my little sexual adventure or Trevor will go off and have a little sex adventure. Mm -hmm. But God damn it, it feels so good to be home. It's like no matter how nice a hotel is, yeah. There's always that feeling when you get home and you kind of slide your little suitcase down and you put down your <laughs> keys and you're just like, like it's <laughs> your home. Yeah. That's, I think that is a good way to, I agree. Yes. to wrap up our, our deal breakers and not so deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Do we have a tip for this week? Yes, sort of. <laughs> um, sort of. Uh, yes. A tip is it's a self-aggrandizing tip. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, <laughs> um, we were featured in the latest issue of Plus magazine. Um, they did a little roundup of podcasts. Um, I have not gotten my hands on an issue because I have to go to a physical retail location <laughs> yeah, this to buy a magazine. Is, it's a new concept in magazine where they take their online content and they put it in print for sale on book stands and then take away the online content. <laughs> and then you can't read it online. <laughs> so you can. Um, so we're all very curious to actually yeah. see how this came um, out. <laughs> so it's, if you find a copy, please read it. To it us. is. A, it is available at Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. Um, I've not made it to. Yeah. A, I, I don't think there's any Books a Millions around here, but I know there's a Barnes and Noble at the Grove. I just haven't. I'm waiting for my second shot, people. And it's yeah. called, <laughs> it's Fabu Plus Magazine, right? With the yes. U as in the letter yeah. U. Yeah. Fabu Plus Magazine. Yeah. 
Um, the Fat Friendly podcast, I believe, was the specific topic. We are one of many featured, um, yes. <laughs> it's been the case for a few months now, and we've been waiting to like, when is it coming out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it came out, and we were like, wait, <laughs> we can only get this where? <laughs> at a, Damn it. At a bookstore? Right. Wait. Is that like a library that charges? <laughs> Not online? Um, I brought a bit. Yay! You did? Yes. Let's hear it. But uh, we're going to do a special little bit for today. Because we're doing deal breakers, we're going to break someone's deal. <gasps> so mm. let's start off with Michael, shall we? <laughs> okay. Michael, Bring it on. Oh boy. Um, pick a celebrity or pick a crush. Pick somebody that you would love to be with. Um, uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. All right. Let's think seriously. Let's go um, with Richard Jewell guy for now. I don't know. Do I really know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because you got that bad news about him. Yeah, this was not supposed to be a brain teaser. <laughs> I've told you I don't really have any real celebrity. Crushes. It's tough. No, it's tough for chasers or some of us. Um. All right. That's fine. Let's make it easy. Richard Jewell guy. Okay. Uh, uh. What's his name again? Paul Walter. Uh, Paul, Paul Walter Hauser. There we go. Okay. Paul Walter Hauser. Michael's <laughs> dream date is lined up with Paul Michael Hauser, <laughs> and now Trevor, Dan, and Don are each going to come up with one. Quick description of something terrible about him. <laughs> something strange. Nothing illegal, nothing murderous, nothing that will kill uh, Michael. I see. Right? <laughs> then Michael can only eliminate one of those three things. And the other two will be forever a part of his dream date. Uh, okay. Which is okay. the worst deal breaker? Uh, <laughs> I, I have several. <laughs> so, like, so like no killing children, you know, yeah. <laughs> like deal breaker. None of the uh, obvious stuff. He has right, a mega hat permanently on his head for the rest of his life <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one a terrible one i, I think suppose. you mean in his head yeah in yeah he has an extensive taxidermy uh habit that he loves talking about nonstop. Mm. Mm, that's kind of gross yeah um yeah yeah oh because what do you what else do you talk about at that point uh he um every conversation involves QAnon. Because <laughs> oh. oh. if you're, does that mean yeah, he's no. he's performing taxidermy on QAnon followers so he can talk about both at the same time? Oh, <laughs> see that I'd be okay with. <laughs> I don't think you want all those people in your living room standing up. So, Michael, <laughs> you've Not just learned dead. three traits about your dream date. Which trait uh, are you hoping is not real? Well. Just because he talks about QAnon doesn't mean he supports oh, QAnon. Oh, there you go. Sure, I didn't. Okay, yeah. loophole. And just because he's wearing a MAGA hat doesn't mean he can't wear another hat on top of it. <laughs> like a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> so I think performing actual taxidermy and then talking about it constantly would be the, the deal breaker. I think that's the one. Yay! But he went for me. One point for me. Like... Could do a little theater <laughs> fantasy text. No, it's scene. animals. In fact, I was just watching a movie last night. It was uh, Tropic Thunder, and there are two random occurrences of animals being killed just as a joke, and it like it made me want to turn the movie off. Mm. And so I think just the idea of taxidermy and not that you're like murdering animals necessarily, but just that just ugh, no, sorry. It's oh, well, a, you're yeah, not going to like your uh, <laughs> your birthday <laughs> present then. My birth- <laughs> Trevor spent a year on that beaver. So, a year. <laughs> slide my taxidermy uh, diorama out of you. Okay. Okay. My turn. My turn. All right. So Trevor, uh, who is, who is your dream date? Uh, Vincent Rodriguez, the third. 
Who is Josh this? Chan from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. He's adorable. Oh, okay. He's adorable. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Dan, what do you think the deal breaker would be for for Trevor's dream date? Um, he wants to live in a tire house on a goat farm. <laughs> 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 Uh, Um, okay that's a good one I'm going to offer up that uh, in that in that lovely little house or wherever else you should end up living he insists on only heating his living space and cooking food using animal dung as a fuel (laughs) it is the ancient ways all right so can I come up with a magical one or does that have to be real how magical yeah it's uh, fine Very, very ridiculous go for it Every <laughs> oh dear. It's gonna be every weird. time he farts, a line from one of the Harry Potter books is permanently erased from existence. <laughs> no! You're a that, monster. That's supposed to be bad, Michael. <laughs> Deal breaker or plus? <laughs> you don't like the Harry Potter books? I mean, I don't know. I feel like... He was never kinda... that big a fan. And that's when Michael divorced him. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. J.K. Rowling's a turf. Well, yeah, she's terrible, but people—I don't know. Okay, that's yeah, a whole different discussion. By J.K. Rowling, it could be her name. All right, Trevor. Hey, yeah. Um, I'm okay. So I am gonna say, <laughs> the he wants to live on a goat farm and tire farm, or a, a goat farm in a tire house, and mm. I feel like I'd be fine with goats, so we could kind of make that work. Yeah, so you, like, have, a, you have, have a penchant goats, for goats. Yeah, but no tire house. I am fine with his fart slowly unraveling J.K. Rowling's work. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm going to erase the dung because that's just no. I can deal with goat. We'll, we'll make the goat tire house thing work. We'll have a nice house, but goats, a goat farm. I'll make some goat cheese, we'll a little cheese closet. <laughs> All right, Dan, who is your dream day? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Greg Gunberg. Yeah, I mean, that's the go-to. I mean, the problem is he's straight, which is its own deal breaker for me. Um, <laughs> All right, Trevor, what's the deal breaker? Um, <laughs> He just has to have a scented candle lit in every room. <laughs> oh, you're, you're mm-hmm. evil. And it's, and it's I, terrible. It's like cotton candy. Yeah. It, it, and, uh, um, uh, you know. Ugh, gross. I have one. Yeah, he has a a unique uh, sleeping condition, it's, uh, sleepwalking essentially. Um, but the only real thing that he does while he's sleepwalking is he goes around the house and empties out every bottle of liquor. Oh, all right. Not only does he hate whatever TV show you're currently watching, he can't shut up about how much he hates whatever TV show you're watching and enjoy. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Don. I would never date my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say that. <laughs> um, see, all of them have a solution except Trevor's. So <laughs> the emptying the bottles of liquor, fine. We go out to drink. And if uh, the, the, hate, the hateful shows, that's, you know, he could be trained. Or at least he can. At least I can watch it in on my on my laptop with headphones. <laughs> but the tr- the the the, pol- the pollution of my home with scented candles is something I cannot brook. So yeah, it's Trevor's. Wow, mm. 
Trevor using the inside information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Good he knows, job. He knows me. I'm he proud. Me. I'm proud of you. <laughs> what a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don. I was Who's debating who page? I'd pick. I was debating. I was, I was thinking originally Chris Hemsworth, but I think mm-hmm. I have to go with someone even more super heroic and go with Jason Momoa. Oh, I, yeah. Just, he's beautiful. He's just beautiful. Oh, just okay. beautiful, okay. man. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, and I, I have, I've heard. I know what mine is. I've heard what each of you. I've heard that each of you know him a little bit. Tell me something about him. Um, oh, okay. Um, he refuses to wash his hair. Uh, ever, <laughs> ever. Doesn't believe okay. in washing his hair. I feel like the, I, I know a solution for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you think getting him wet is enough, but it's not. It just makes it. It just um, makes it wet dogs. Oh, oh, I've got one. He loves. Uh, he loves telling jokes. The problem is, it's always the same one. Because <laughs> <laughs> what? He forgets he told every, it or it doesn't matter? Every, yes, every single time. When he is uh, really close with someone and dating them, he only communicates through belch talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. That'd be pretty bad. <laughs> oh dear. Um Okay, so with the joke, with the joke, I can I can actually start inserting my own punchlines. So I could survive If you that. say so. <laughs> I could survive that. The hair, the guy is Aquaman. I mean, he's going to be underwater like 24 hours a day for months at a time. Are, wait, so. are you dating Aquaman or Jason Momoa? Jason Momoa is Aquaman. Oh, I'm That's sorry. part of his job. Oh, I see. So they're yeah. the same person. My mistake. Sylvie <laughs> Underwater. The belch talking. It's that just... puts a lot of a lot of kiboshes on conversations. Everything would take forever to say. <laughs> um, like you'd have to explain it every time he talks to you in front of anyone. Oh yeah, but it's a big hit with a fish. <laughs> I think I have to go with the belch talking on that one. <laughs> well done, Trevor. So it's actually a tie. Trevor gets two, I get two. Co-champion, hand slap. (laughs) So I'm curious, listeners, what are your deal breakers? Why don't you tell us about them? Trevor, where could they go to tell us about their deal breakers? We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars in a review on Apple, Stitcher, whatever. Five stars on Facebook, too. Why not? Who knows? I don't know. You're on Facebook. Give us five stars. People on Facebook. See the articles we mentioned at www.bigpetgaypod.com. Go to a store and buy Fabu Plus and see us in the roundup. <laughs> Maybe you're, uh, you've are you just gotten your second vaccine and you're waiting at Krispy Kreme mm. to get your free donut. And then uh, you go up to the cashier and it's Michael because it's always Michael in these scenarios. <laughs> uh, what a shock. And he belches... Look out. <laughs> <laughs> How perfectly repulsive. Wow. Hey, you knew it was coming. Wow. Okay. Well, How do you belch I love you, Jason Momoa style? <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Trevor has <laughs> That was Trevor, by the oh, way. I, I, did, I didn't stop recording, so you can put that in there somewhere if you want. Oh, I will. Oh, I Trevor will. is ungodly talented at this.